my last situationship, basically anytime I have a first date, I get a Snapchat message from him. I'm like, like, how do you know? know? It's insane. for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am so honored to have today's guest on the podcast. I have Ryan Gaddy. She is actually back on the podcast, and she was one of my first podcast guests who didn't feel a social obligation to say yes to being on the show because of our friendship. She came along with Lauren Fractor, her co-host on Dope Shit My Therapist Says podcast, and she was on episode 23, Me, Myself, Care, and I. They host an amazing podcast. It is all about, you know, bringing their background as licensed therapists and just really exploring how you can use therapy in your own life to remain balanced, take care of yourself, and use it to help your relationships flourish. Ryan, welcome back. Thank you. I'm really excited to be back and have more conversations about relationships. Yes, absolutely. And I just have to say, it's been so exciting to kind of watch your podcast flourish as you provide your listeners with so many valuable perspectives around self-care and mental health. So I think today's discussion is going to be really amazing and insightful. Thank you. Yeah. And it's been really exciting to also watch your podcast. I think you were like one of our first guests that also was a podcaster. So if we Mm -hmm. have that kind of connection and bonding over what it's like to be in the podcast world, always hustling. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. So I was really excited about this particular topic. And I feel like we were just chatting about how this has literally been months in the making where we were like, we should do a whole episode dedicated to this. And the topic that we're here to discuss is situationships. And I feel like it's just so relatable. I really think everyone has dealt with one at one point in their life. But I also think everyone defines them differently. So I wanted to get your opinion on how you define a situationship. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I've heard a lot of really good definitions about it. But I basically think like a situationship is two people that are really not on the same page about Mm -hmm. what they want. You know, they may have met on a date or, you know, started going down that path, but then somebody between the two of them is kind of like, I don't really want to be in a defined boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, you know, relationship. Mm -hmm. And so one person then kind of like says, okay, I'll just play along for the time Mm -hmm. being. And maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe something will change or, you know, it's, it's kind of keeping it casual basically, but one person is like not into it. Like they're, they're definitely not happy about what's going on. Absolutely. (laughs) I completely agree with your definition. And I was kind of writing out mine. I literally wrote out two people are on different pages. So I think that's the key thing. And obviously, if they're on different pages, I feel like it's because one person wants more. And I feel like in the case of a situationship, there's like a reluctance to kind of attempt to define things where I feel like you know that the other person might not want the same thing you want, but you don't want to bring it up because you're like afraid. And that can be for a variety of reasons. Like maybe you just want to seem like you're chill. Maybe you don't want it to end. Maybe you think you can change their mind. But I think like the reluctance to define it and like the messiness are tantamount to any situationship. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with what you're saying about that fear to even ask the question. And from what I've learned just for myself is that if you're afraid to ask, you already know the answer. Um, And that's why you're so like, oh God, I don't want to bring it up because then it might confirm your anxiety. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not that case. Sometimes you ask and you're like, oh, wow, we are on the same page. We're just not communicating well. But in situationships, Mm -hmm. it's usually like, no, you know, you're just, you're just not wanting to ask about it. Exactly. And it's like, if people would just ask, I feel like 90% of situationships would just end before they really have the opportunity to like, get into that situationship territory. And it's just really tough to extricate yourself once you get to a certain point. But it's also like, I don't know, being in that denial, I feel like is just depriving yourself so much. So I'm excited to dive into all of this. And one of the first things that I wanted to kind of talk about branching off from the definition of a situationship is like, what are some scenarios where people get into situationships? So to your point, I think, you know, that can happen when you match with someone on an app maybe. And like, there are no expectations up front. You're just kind of like, we'll see what happens. But I feel like there are some others, like for example, talking to an ex. Do you have any other scenarios that you think are prone to turn into situationships? Yeah. That talking to the ex or like a friendship is like a huge one. I've been in one of those before. Um, I also think too, just, I don't know, maybe you met at work or mm. through a friend group and, you know, there's maybe like this reluctancy to commit because of that. And yeah. so you're kind of just like playing that line back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the friends with benefits one is huge. I mean, I guess cheating too. <sighs> Oh, that's so true. Yeah. When it's like the person is saying, oh, maybe I'll leave my partner for you, but it's unclear when that's going to happen. And so you're just kind of operating under the expectation and hope, but there's no set plan. Right. Right. Yeah. I was trying to think like, okay, which one is messiest? And I feel like that has to be the messiest because now it's not just (laughs) the two of you involved. It's this other person. Truly, truly a nightmare situation. Yeah, that definitely probably would be the messiest. And then I think just situationships like at work, you know, you're kind of seeing this person all the time. And if you do set the boundary, like you're still going to be around them. And if it gets out, like there's just so many things that can go wrong in those scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah, I've dated someone who I worked with. And fortunately, we did not break up while we were working together. But like, it was this crazy thing. We were teachers. And so there was also the element of like, well, I don't want the students to know because then like, that's all they're ever going to talk about. They're just going to make fun of us. Like, I feel (laughs) like it breaches this like level of authority that I'm trying to maintain. So yeah, it's definitely messy, even when you're together and like happy. Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, for people who are kind of thinking like, okay, am I in a situation ship? I don't really know. I feel like to your point, if you have to ask, you probably are, but are there any other signs that are telltale to like being in a situation ship? Yeah. I think there's a lot of them. I think it feels like your boyfriend, girlfriend, or in a partnership when you're together, but then Mm -hmm. when you're not together, there's like a lack of consistency Mm -hmm. and ability to rely on the person. So, you know, you might be like, oh, hey, I'd love for you to be my date to this wedding, or I'm having a party. You should come over and hang out with all my friends. And they're just like, not there, right? It's like crickets. Yes. Okay. That is huge. I feel like not being able to rely on the person, that's when you know, because it's like, that's the foundation of any commitment is like, you know, that that person's there for you for like certain key moments in your life, whether they're everyday things like hanging out with your friends or those bigger things like being a plus one. If you're afraid to ask them to come to these things, that's a key sign. 
Right. They're showing up for you like a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner would in person. You know, maybe they come over and you guys are watching movies and making Mm -hmm. dinner together or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. When you're alone, it feels really authentic and real. But the second any other real life situations get thrown into the mix, they're just not there. They're not available for it. Yeah. I also feel like when you don't know how to introduce them, like if you're getting anxiety around like them meeting someone (laughs) else and like, what do I say they are? That's another key sign as well. Because I think a lot of the times it's really just like, you're afraid to use this label and then have them recoil and be like, no, we're not there yet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously like the major one is if you do decide to have that conversation with the person about like, what is the definition of what we're doing and where are we at? And they're kind of like, oh, no, you know, they tell you no, like, (laughs) obviously, that's a big one. And then they don't like make a decision on it, whether to walk away or say then we need to kind of clarify all of this. If there's no more communication after that, they're just like, nope, we're not together like that. And then they continue acting the same way they have been Mm -hmm. the whole time. Like, that's a huge flag. You're in a situation ship. Like, they're cool with what's going on. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. It's like they just want to leave things status quo and like don't want to take any more commitment to you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I feel like situationship is kind of like a buzzword that's been thrown around more in recent years. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with like people calling people out for being like fuck boys or fuck girls. And so I was wondering like, okay, so if you're on the other side of a situationship where you're aware that the other person wants more from you, but you're not meeting their expectation, you're just kind of like stringing them along. Does that automatically categorize you as like a fuck boy or a fuck girl? Or do you think it's kind of a separate issue? I don't know. Like I I start to have like issue when we like label people like that. And like maybe this is my therapist brain talking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the person is obviously struggling with their ability to show up emotionally for someone else and communicate. And that's like a big problem. That's something they need to work on. You know, do I think that people exist to just like manipulate and, you know, be casual and there's nothing wrong with being casual, but, Mm -hmm. you know, taking it out of context for themselves and kind of putting people in situations where, you know, they're feeling used. Yeah. I do think those people exist. And Mm -hmm. I think we see more of that, like categorizes like the fuck boy situation, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that emotionally unavailable is like a huge, a huge piece. Yeah. I feel like I like that you're coming at it from a place of empathy, which I would expect nothing less from you, of course. But (laughs) I do think that's like a key difference is like, if you're callous with people's feelings and you're like, I no, they want more. I don't care. And I'm just doing this out of a self-serving nature. Then I do think it's like, okay, maybe you are kind of a fuck boy or fuck girl, but you're right. Like there are situations in which like someone might want to commit deep down, but they're like not ready. And it could be for like external factors or things they're working through on their own. And I, I do think it's kind of unfair to blanket label people because you never know what's going on. Right. And I think too, a lot of it is where's our responsibility in the situation? Like if Mm -hmm. this is how they're behaving in the world, then what are we doing to show them that's not okay for us? Okay. Huge question. And I love that you brought (laughs) that up. That transitioned so well, because as we were kind of talking about this topic, I was thinking, okay, what are some of the situationships that I've been in? And 
I've talked about this one on the podcast before. It was like my main situationship. It started in college and we were friends. We kind of like hooked up a couple of times. So it was a friends with benefits thing. And we did end up dating, but it was just like so on and off. And it would be this like cycle of I would delete his number, but then I would like run into him on campus. And then it would be like, oh, so like, what are we? Are we picking up as friends? Are we going to have a romantic element? Are we going to go out on dates? And it just like went on and on and on. And so to your point, I feel like I took a lot of responsibility in that after the fact, because it's like, yeah, I let this continue to happen. Like I could have just maintained a friendship and like set that boundary of it's only going to be a friendship, but I didn't. And it's hard to do like really, really hard. I have been in so many of those situations before Mm -hmm. and you know, it's funny because Lauren would always tell me like, until you basically get really strong and are able to put your foot down and keep it down, like you're going to keep running into the same problem. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to actually be able to say very clearly and hold my boundary when it came to stuff like that. And I'm glad I did because I feel like I started attracting much healthier people after that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't mind sharing, like, I would love to hear kind of like what you've learned from some of your past situationships and like how they impacted your approach to dating. Totally. I feel like I've only ever been in situationships, (laughs) which is so awful. And, you know, like deep down, I think I realize like if you're in a lot of them, you're also in some ways just not ready Mm. because you're not ready to like let somebody in and take the risk on somebody who's going to treat you better, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you learn that when you have all these situationships, you know what to expect from these people, right? Yeah. You know that they're going to let you down. You know that they're not going to be trustworthy. You know that they're going to basically reject you and hold you on the line. Yeah. So there's no surprises. Like, you know what to expect. And with healthy relationships, they're kind of a gamble. Like, they're worth it. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of work you have to put into them. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something I've learned. I also really learned, too, that... I was kind of a people pleaser. I didn't want to walk away from these people because I felt like, well, I mean, they're being honest with me. Like maybe I should still, I don't know, just that people pleasing aspect of it too. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I love what you said about the fact that like, you know what to expect from a situationship because it is kind of this unpredictable thing, but at the end of the day, you kind of aren't really risking anything because deep down, you're like, I can't have any serious expectations from this person. So when they let you down, it's like not that big of a letdown because you knew it was coming at some point versus being in a relationship. It's like, you're saying I'm going to trust you and I'm going to like feel secure when I'm with you. And then if something goes wrong in that scenario, it almost feels like you've, I'm not almost, it feels like you've lost so much more because you had this expectation and you felt like this person was going to be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, like I did put a lot of emotional investment into the situationships that I was in, like Mm -hmm. kind of getting in my head and like daydreaming about where this could go and when they're going to change their mind. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like you're fantasizing the relationship you want on this person versus this isn't actually the person for you, right? Because if they were, then they would be kind of stepping into this space for you instead of you kind of like projecting what you would like them to be and what you like the situation to be. Absolutely. And I feel like it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. So if you're in a healthy relationship, like you'll have some dips here and there, but it's not going to be this crazy fluctuation of emotions versus like 
the volatility, I feel like some people can get addicted to it because it does feel really good when things are going so well, because you're not sure if you can expect that. So then when you're like, oh my gosh, this exceeded my expectations so much, it's like this high, high, but then you also have the low lows that you also are dealing with. Yeah. I actually heard on another podcast, they were talking about this in situationships and it's like, why do girls always pick the wrong guys and why do we fall for this and blah, blah, blah. And it was really about, well, if you're in a healthy relationship and you're hanging out with your girlfriends or your friends or whatever, and there's no drama going on, like... What do you talk about? (laughs) Right. We get together and talk about our like partners and what we're doing in our dating life. And if it's like been going great, there's no issues. It's kind of like, oh... Okay. Well, that's boring. I know, which is so sad to say, but it's also like, I think especially like, let's say one person's in a relationship in the friend group and one person isn't, I feel like there's also this fear of like wanting to come off as like you're bragging or something like that. In addition to just like not wanting to be boring, there's a lot of dynamics at play versus it's really easy to kind of like be self-deprecating and like tell these stories about what went wrong and like analyze his texts and try to figure out what he meant. Like, I don't know, conversations at brunch thrive over that stuff. Totally, right? It's a game. It's kind of gets like our our brain up. It's kind of like going out and gambling, right? Like you don't know mm-hmm. if you pull the lever, what's going to come out? Like, are you going to win or are you just going to lose all your money? So we kind of yeah. thrive on that like back and forth. And we think that's healthy after a while. Like we think that <laughs> if we're not having that tit for tat with this person that we're in a situationship with, then what's wrong with the relationship? It's not exciting Mm -hmm. anymore, right? And then it's really hard for us to get into a healthy relationship because we're like, well, you know, he's not doing this Mm -hmm. and he's not doing that. But it's like, no, that's that's a positive. (laughs) Yeah. And I also feel like when you're in this back and forth with someone, it causes you to put increased importance on the relationship that it doesn't deserve. Because for myself, I think with this whole college thing, like when we ended up dating, it was like years after college. And I think there was part of me that was like, well, we keep like coming back together and all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be together. I think we kind of like see this trope in movies and TV shows where they're circling each other. There's like the will they won't they. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's a TV couple. Like this is real life. And just because you keep running into each other and like keep going back to each other when other things don't work out, it doesn't mean that that's your person. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been in a situationship that started off with that kind of movie thing. Our moms were pregnant with us at the same time. Like our brothers were friends as children. So when we like Mm -hmm. found each other on a dating website, it was like, oh my God, this is like total rom-com, like meant to be. No, no, it turned into a situationship and he was a a douchebag. (laughs) Like, I feel like I put so much like romanticism on this situation and like stuck around Mm -hmm. for so much longer because I'm like, well, obviously we're meant to be together. We were in utero at the same time. Like it's fate. So stupid. (laughs) So stupid. God, it's so unfortunate. I just, I really wish that like it were easier to break out of that type of mentality. Yeah, it, it is. It takes a lot of work. And I think that like having to go through situationships 
really, if you're willing to utilize it as a self-reflection time, like it can really help you figure out what you want and get really clear on that communication and boundaries because communicating in relationships is scary. And in situationships, like mm-hmm. I said before, you you know what to expect, right? You're either going to mm-hmm. avoid the communication altogether or you know that there's just going to be a letdown most of the time. And once in a while, yeah. they're going to say yes to something that makes you happy and excited and that's what's going to keep you going. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm literally having flashbacks to like so many conversations <laughs> of like the highs and the lows of like, will they, won't they? And it's it's sad. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like to your point of like understanding more of what you want as you kind of have these situationship experiences, I feel like you also get to a point where you're just like tired, to be honest. So I remember like I had a conversation with my boyfriend now And things were kind of unclear for a period of time of like what he wants, where I was like, okay, you've said that you like only want to date me, but like, we haven't actually like taken that next step to define what this is. And I remember like, he was like looking at my face. I have a very expressive face sometimes. And he's (laughs) like, what are you thinking about? And we'd been like making out. And so I think he was going to like think that I was thinking something entirely different. And I was just kind (laughs) of like, what's going on? Like, I'm really confused about what this is. And later he was like, I can't believe you brought it up then. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I feel like five years ago I wouldn't have. And I would have just been like, oh, nothing. And like told myself I was going to bring it up at some other time and then maybe never brought it up. But I was just like, no, like I just want to understand what this is so I can manage my expectations and like make an informed decision about if I want to keep seeing you and figure out what we're doing. Right. I think that's like a huge growth period for sure. Like I know the moment where I feel like I got to that place where it's like, I am no longer going to be afraid to ask what I want and tell somebody how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Obviously, I'm going to learn how to tailor it in a way that's going to work communication wise with them or work Mm -hmm. for me, like not just like blow up out of nowhere or whatever. But (laughs) you know, like to the earlier point, like I just remember always being so afraid to say anything in a situation Like because you know that you're going to lose them if you just tilt just a little bit in the wrong direction. But it's like, why do you want to live like that in a partnership? Like, even if this person did commit to you, don't you want to be able to just like communicate what you need to communicate, work through it and move on instead of it being like, you're going to lose this person if you say, hey, I actually really like you. Like That's horrible. Yeah. Everyone wants to be liked. You know, the fact that you tell somebody you care about them is what pushes them away. Like that is ridiculous. So toxic. Yeah. And you deserve to be with someone who makes you feel like you can communicate and like you are safe when you're doing that. And that it's also going to be reciprocated more importantly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I would love to hear more about how you feel like you came to a place where you felt comfortable being upfront about your expectations and like what that journey looked like for you. It was a long one. Like I said, like I have never had great luck in dating and I would just continue to meet with these people that turned into situationships because I was afraid that if I left, that I would never find somebody else. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes down to your Mm self-esteem and feeling like you're not worthy of someone caring about you. And I know a lot of people like experience this and can relate to this, but over time of me failing over and over and over again, I had to start saying like, okay, what can I do differently? And it was like testing the waters of, okay, if I set my boundary, even if I don't end up upholding it right away, like, how can I do that? Like, what can I say this time? Mm-hmm. Or when I finally broke off my last situationship, 
<laughs> for like the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> like it took me a while. That's fair. Um, when I say, hey, don't talk to me anymore. Like I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And he reaches out again. Like how can I hold myself accountable mm. to not respond to that text message? Yeah. Even though I think I'm being an asshole for not doing it. You know, yeah. like just figuring out the ways where you're like, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to just hold my boundary a little longer mm-hmm. or say what I'm actually thinking in the situation. Mm-hmm. And over time, I got more comfortable doing that and it was giving me positive benefits mm-hmm. for my own mental health and self-esteem. Yeah. And it just kind of continued to grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so huge and it can be really tough. I feel like it's interesting. Like there's this phenomenon. I don't know how they do it. I feel like guys in particular, they're great at reaching out when they know that you're doing well and that you don't need them. (laughs) And so it's like, you've made all this growth and then you have this, it's like a test that's just like put in front of you in the form of like a DM or like a late text or something. And it just like challenges all of the work that you've been putting in for like weeks or even months, honestly, because sometimes I'll reach out when you're like, I thought I would never hear from you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My last situationship, basically, anytime I have a first date, I get a Snapchat message from him. I'm like, oh, like how, how do you know? You know? <laughs> it's insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just don't respond. So do you have any like, what would you do? Because were there any times where you were really tempted where maybe you would have like a friend who you would text for accountability? Or did you like maybe consider blocking this person? I'm still working on this portion of it for myself mm-hmm. because I think I, I still have that people-pleasing portion to me mm-hmm. that I feel so guilty not responding to someone, yeah. anyone. Like mm-hmm. if anyone texts me, even if like they're like my moral enemy, <laughs> for some reason, I feel like I am obligated to respond to them. Yeah. And it's I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. But yes, now like I've gotten to the point where, you know, if they reach out, I'll like not respond or I'll only say like something short. Mm-hmm. And yeah, relying on friends. Like I would tell my friend like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I reached out and wanted to hang out. And I just said no, you know? Yeah. That's impressive. So like, yeah. You know, you need to have the cheerleaders of yes. being like, good job. <laughs> Absolutely. That positive reinforcement is huge. Um, I feel like one of my toxic qualities is like, I will never block anybody. And I don't really know why that is. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in terms of why, like maybe there's some morbid curiosity of like, is this person going to reach out? And I say that not being like, oh, I want to pursue anything with any of these people. Like I'm happy in my relationship, but yeah, I feel like there is this weird thing I have where I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's the curiosity. It's also an element of people pleasing. And so it can be really difficult to make that decision that you know is going to like cut off the communication altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like part of it is like an ego stroke, right? Mm -hmm. Like this person, even though they never committed to us when we wanted them to, like continues to reach out and you're kind of like, right? Like you're still thinking about me, even though you're never going to commit to me or do more, but... I think that's a portion of it for a lot of us too. And we don't want to admit that, but yeah, because it's fucked up. <laughs> it, yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think you just need to figure out like, why are you seeking out that validation? Yeah. Like, why do you want so badly this person who's not giving you anything to show you that they are thinking about mm-hmm. you? 
Agreed. Agreed. So I feel like in the early stages, like you get into a situationship because you haven't communicated your expectations. So have you learned any like techniques or any practices that you now kind of put into place when you are starting to talk to someone new that like ensures that you're being really upfront about what you expect from them and like where you want things to go? Yeah. So I've also learned some like red flags that someone might end up in a situationship with Mm me. And it's early on the conversation, sometimes even before the first date, where maybe they're telling you how busy their schedule is, Mm. or maybe they're telling you how hard it is to schedule a first date. And you're really noticing like these blocks right away. So I'll ask right away, like, do you feel like you have the time to commit to somebody as like a partner or in a dating situation? Mm -hmm. And usually their answer is like, oh yeah, I'm busy, but blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I can just pull from that. Like we're already struggling a lot to schedule something and it's just the first date. So it's like very, you know, low low key, usually a shorter kind of thing. And that's kind of like, I'll put like a pin in it. Like Mm -hmm. "Mm, this could be like a situationship thing because they're not going to be able to give me the time once they realize how hard it is to actually you know, commit to something. And I've told someone before, like, Hey, look, I know you're saying this, but I'm really feeling like you're not going to be able to give me the time I actually need. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just cut it off early. Some of the other things too, is like, if I feel like our dates aren't really feeling like dates, Mm -hmm. like they're feeling like more like casual hangouts on a regular basis, like a huge red flag, I'll ask something early. Like you're just coming over from Netflix and chill all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, okay. Like, what are you looking for? Like, I'm looking to intentionally date to find somebody that I, you know, want to spend more time with and Mm -hmm. be in a relationship with. And usually you'll get your answer pretty quickly. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting because a lot of times I think the gut reaction is like, I don't know if I want to say that because like, what if I come across as clingy? But I think the way you phrased it is perfect because asking someone, are you in a place where you're looking to commit to someone? It's not about like me and the other person. It's really just like, where are you in life? And like, what are your priorities? It's not saying... I want you to commit to me because like, yeah, you're still getting to know this person. So I think that there can be a fear that you might come across as wanting to be like exclusive really quickly. But I think it really is more of like, okay, are we even on the same page? Like, are we reading the same book here? Or are you like just looking for something that's misaligned entirely with what I want? Yeah, absolutely. Just, is it going to be a match in that way? What are you Mm -hmm. looking for? Like, or where you're at, right? Yeah, I think there's also a lot of red flags for people about where they're at currently in their life. You know, if they're in school and they're trying to work, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, in between jobs, like there's a lot of things that I feel have lended to a reason why someone's not going to be ready for something because they don't yeah. feel stable or in a place where they're confident about their other situations. Yeah. I also think that the timeline of when someone was in a last relationship is also a key indicator. And so there was this guy, I went on like six dates with him and I wasn't in a place where I was like, I wanted to be my boyfriend. You know, it was like, I hadn't even been to his house yet, all this stuff. I was still getting to know him, but in my mind, things were like going in a really positive direction. And like, we enjoyed hanging out with each other. And on our sixth date, he asked like when my last relationship was and I like kind of went into that. And then he mentioned when his last relationship was and he was like, yeah, I was like two months ago. And he's like, yeah, I just don't know that I'm like looking to get in a relationship again. And I was glad that he said that. But after the fact, I was kind of kicking myself 
for not bringing it up. And I think, you know, as much as I am in a place where I feel like I'm better at communicating my expectations than like not waiting around hoping things will change, there is still like that underlying instinct of like, I want to be the cool girl. I don't want to be the one that's like bringing up these things that are super like commitment minded. I think that's something that I still struggle with. And like, had I brought it up maybe on date three, we would have realized like, oh, we're just looking for different things. And we wouldn't have gotten to this place where it's like, I'm now thinking that maybe we are going to move towards something more serious. Yeah, no, I I can completely relate to that. And that was 100% me for so long. I literally feel like it was just this year that I like opened my eyes one morning and was like, I'm going to be so intentional about this that it's going to be ridiculous to other people. Like, <laughs> Love it, you know, with that guy that I was talking about that was like really busy and stuff, you know, he ended up saying like, oh yeah, you know, I am really busy, but I think next month, like I'm going to have like, next you know, month. way more time because like this and this won't be happening anymore. You know, is that a problem? And I said, yes. yeah, honestly, it is a problem because I'm intentionally dating right now and I'm, I'm not going to like just put you on a shelf and be like, okay, see you in a month. Like, right? no, like this is not aligned then. And I said that and, you know, Mm -hmm. he never responded. And I said, that's okay because it's not matching what I'm looking for. And not everybody needs to match what I'm looking for. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's crazy to think that someone is going to put their dating life on a shelf, like on hold just for you. When it's like, who are you? Like, you don't even know that much about this guy. Like, you don't know what his like expectations and his intentions are going to be when he does finally come around. Like, I've also had the guys like when I was on the dating apps who would be visiting for a period of time. And I'm just like, okay, once I found out they were visiting, I'm like, that's great. I'm looking to date someone seriously. So there's literally no point in us meeting up. I would say it a little more you know, nicely than that. Yeah. But a couple of times I would have guys push back and be like, well, I'm like thinking of moving here or like I'll be here in like a few months. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like, if that's really the case, hit me up in a few months. And if I'm still single, maybe, but I'm not going to like go out with you and then hope that we can circle back when it's on your timeline. Right. And I think being the cool girl really is just saying that your needs are not important enough Mm, and that you should just bend to whoever else is in front of you because they're in front of you. And, um, you know, it is really hard to state your needs to people in a clear and direct manner because I feel like, especially as women, we get called a bitch for doing that. Yes. But how am I ever going to get what I want out of life if I'm not actually following through with what that is? It's so true. And I think in addition to like being labeled a bitch, I think there's this like societal thing where people assume like every woman like wants you to commit to her right away. And it just like makes it seem like we're not discerning. And it's like, no, I don't want everyone to commit to me. Like I want the right person to commit to me, but I'm not just like out here hunting for any boyfriend. (laughs) And so I feel like anytime you bring something up, that's like about commitment, there's this fear that guys are going to be like, oh no, like this is her trying to like trap me or lock me down when really it could just be as simple as trying to understand if you're aligned and like if there's any point in pursuing it at all. It's really like you're trying to be discerning, but it can come across as like, oh, she's not discerning and she's desperate, which is so ridiculous. Right. Like, Like you said earlier, we're just trying to figure out if you're being upfront and honest or if we're wasting our time. Like that could be like, hey, you know, I ask you the question about what you're looking for. You say a relationship, we're on the same page, but it may take a couple months for us to actually commit and be, you know, exclusive. 
It's yeah. not saying the second I ask you that question, we're like instantly in a relationship. Like, no, we just yeah. need to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Women, you know, we are multitaskers. We get all the stuff done. We don't want to yep. waste our time wondering Absolutely. what the hell's going on for six months or however long. Agreed. I totally agree with that. And I also feel like just saying I'm looking for a relationship, the key thing is it doesn't mean it's with you, just in general. Yeah. Like that's still to be <laughs> exactly. determined. Yeah. Like I have to put an asterisk and a star and like every time you ask <laughs> All that the question. Disclaimers. By the way, yeah. yeah. Don't get spooked. So, <laughs> right, which is so stupid again, because like why does it spook people for someone to find them interesting and likable? Like, why are mm-hmm. we like, oh God, they want to commit to me? Like, isn't that a positive thing? Like, I don't understand. Like, they're saying that you're cool and they like you. Like, yeah. but instead, like they're like, oh God, no, don't like me. I feel like a part of that is like people wanting what they can't have and also people who might be interested in like chasing after somebody. And so I don't want to say that's like all men because of course there are men who are going to be appreciative of someone who's like upfront and states their needs. But I just think like in our culture, there's like this narrative that it's like, oh, well, like men want to chase. And so like you have to like let him think that like he did all the pursuing. And so it just like leads to all these mind games that then result in the situationship in the end. Right. Absolutely. I definitely think our society and media play a huge role into the gender disparities and dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's um, not something that we can unpack on an individual level, but I feel like it's just a matter of like people chipping away at it, like little by little for that dynamic to shift. Yeah. And I think part of it is like what we're talking about is being able to be direct in your communication as a woman to the person that you want to commit to or are interested in committing to. Like say all the things, figure out how to say it in a healthy way and Mm -hmm. start to build that communication so that also, you know, men are not out there thinking that all women are going to be a cool girl and not being upset or confused when he meets a not cool girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are these expectations she's throwing at me? Right. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, for the people who might be in a situationship, but like want to get out of it, how do you go about rectifying it? Like, what damage control can you do if you're like, we've been talking for six months and we haven't defined the relationship? Are there any like tips that you would give someone who's maybe like unfamiliar with expressing these like needs and these boundaries and like doing it in a way that's uh, really just getting the outcome that you're looking for out of this? Yeah, I think it's going to take a little courage no matter how you put it, but you have to first off, if you really do think that you'd want to commit to this person and you're afraid they don't want to commit back, you still have to ask the question. You still have Mm -hmm. to say, hey, we've been, you know, hanging out now for however long and I really like you and I want to be in a relationship. Like I would really like to be, you know, exclusive or have this move towards being X label and just kind of say like, this is what I want. Like put out what you want. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. give them the space to respond to that. And really, you have to set yourself up to, okay, if that person says no, and you really, truly don't want to be stuck in this situationship, then you need to figure out how you're going to hold your foot down with what you've mm-hmm. already expressed to them. Like, yeah, I want this to be serious. Okay, if they're saying no, then what can you do to walk away from that? If they say, hey, I really just want to casually date it. I don't think I could do more. Then you're going to have to say like, okay, well, then I think that we're going to have to stop seeing each other altogether. And be serious about that. Because otherwise, you're going to get sucked right back in. I don't yeah. think you can be friends right off the bat. 
And I feel like when you don't walk away, when your needs aren't met, then you kind of like lose all authority. And then like someone isn't going to take you seriously. Like they're just going to think it's empty threats. You know, like if you set the expectation that you're willing to settle for less and you're willing to lower your standard just to stay with this person, they really have no incentive to change their behaviors whatsoever. Right. And it's sad to say, but like where you set the bar at the beginning is really how people are going to meet you. Like, yes, it's so true. Like, I feel like most humans are pretty lazy. And if the bar is set really low, like the chances of us be like, no, I'm going to do way more than that. Like it's, it's pretty, <laughs> absolutely it's, it's, not, you know, or like, for instance, if you go over to their house on the first date, what do you think the chances are that they're ever going to take you out to dinner or go to the movies or go on a trip together? It's really hard. And I think that's one interesting thing. Like I listened to this one podcast, um, it's called you up and they'll like take dating advice week over week. And like one thing that the male host will say is like, okay, yeah, if you hooked up with someone and you don't want it to just turn into a hookup situation, you can kind of like reset things and say like, okay, I hooked up with you once. That doesn't mean that the next time we see each other that I'm automatically going to sleep with you. Like maybe you're like, okay, yeah, I'll see you for drinks. And then you go home, see you for dinner. I just do think to your point, it's kind of hard because like people can put you in that box, which is unfair. I don't think anyone should do that, but like, it's just more work to then get someone to retroactively kind of like meet you where you're trying to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should show up with the expectations that you're hoping to have, you know, kind of be consistent across the relationship. And Mm -hmm. if you say, I'm looking for something serious, and then you don't walk away or you walk away and the next time they hit you up in the middle of the night, you say yes. Yeah. Then they know exactly like where your boundaries are not being held and they're going Mm -hmm. to keep going for that spot, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, Mm -hmm. like you've allowed them back in and they're getting their needs met. You're not getting your needs met. Yes. Yes. One other thing I wanted to bring up is I feel like I used to see this on dating apps all the time. So like on Bumble in the general like information area, it had the option of like, what are you looking for? And there were the options of like casual, serious marriage. And then I think there was something like not sure. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, why would you even put this response? (laughs) Because it (laughs) is not helpful. And I feel like that was kind of like this trend of people either in that answer directly or somewhere in their bio alluding to, I am looking for a relationship with the right person. And I feel like it's this Mm -hmm. caveat, which like, yeah, it makes sense. We're all looking for a relationship with the right person. But I feel like it's kind of this thing that like, people who aren't really looking for a relationship will do so they can go back and be like, well, like, I don't know, like, you just weren't the right fit. But like, I was open to a relationship. So I guess like, As you're kind of having these discussions early on, like if you encounter someone who's giving you these wishy-washy answers where there's clearly like a back door available for them to like sneak out of if they really decide like, no, I actually don't want to turn this into something serious. Like how do you kind of like pin them down and like get them to give you a straight answer? Because my fear would be that like you're going to come across as like you're naggy or you're like giving an ultimatum. I don't know. Like, how do you kind of deal with that guy who's like super slick and worming his way around the question? I think no answer is your answer in some ways. And this is Mm -hmm. kind of where it gets tricky. And I think a lot of people get into situationships because like you're saying that that door is left open, but it's really not giving you any clear answer. And I kind of think like you can go about it in a couple ways. You could be pretty direct and strict with yourself and be like, no answer is my answer. And I need to leave the situation before it kind of drags along and I feel more stuck in it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Or you can give yourself a timeline or give them a timeline, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to give this another month and revisit it. And if it's still the same, then I'm going to get out or yeah. say to them, like, you know, it seems like you're really not sure. Like, let's give this X amount of time and like, let's come back to the conversation, which is hard to do. Like, you know, stepping up into like adult conversations and holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about this in our episode um, with Finding Mr. Height. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the I don't know category because I was personally pissed <laughs> off because I felt yeah. like that that word on Bumble always gets me into situationships because there's yes. this unclearness about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, Allie's a very direct person and I love that about very. her. And she kind of said like, maybe they want a relationship, it's just not with you. And so they're kind of yeah. using you as a situationship. And so yeah. you just have to stick up with your boundaries for what you really want. Yeah, it's like they're biding their time essentially until they find that person who they're willing to make the commitment for, which like really sucks. That's a very shitty feeling. I feel like oh yeah. It's one thing to be like, "Oh, they just weren't ready for a relationship," but then what hurts is when you have those people, you finally end it and then the next person they date, it's like, "Oh, now they're committed to someone." So it was like actually me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And it really hurts. It sucks a lot. Yeah. And I think one thing that's important to remember, because like I've been in that position where I've been like, okay, like they committed to someone else, but I also have to remember like I've been on the other side of it. And I don't say that to be like, oh, I've intentionally been a fuck girl or like I've intentionally led someone on. But I think we all have those people where you're like, yeah, they're a good person, but for some reason, you don't feel like they're your person. And so I think Mm -hmm. just reminding yourself that like you are going to be that person to someone, but like someone is going to be that to you. I think it helps you to not take it as personally and realize like it's not a reflection of you. It's more just a reflection of like the match. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So before I let you go, I wanted to play a game. And so I kind of was, you know, going back to the media and how they depict situationships as an idealized, romanticized thing. I wanted to pick out some famous couples and get your opinion of A, whether their relationship was actually a situationship, and B, if you think it would have worked out if this were real life and not something written in Hollywood. Okay, so the first one, I feel like this is iconic. I talk about them quite a bit. Carrie and Big from Sex and the City. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I don't – it's hard because I'm like they're both so toxic that maybe they really are meant to be together. Yeah, they really are. But I also feel like it's such a situationship, right? Like Big has dragged her across – the ground for so many years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll ever really stick. I guess we'll no. see soon when they have the, the release of the new. I'm so excited. Me too. I feel like how they I'm treat excited. that relationship is going to be so telling. Like I'm really curious what route they're going to take because this is their chance to like rectify nine seasons of like toxicity displayed. And I'm not like <laughs> trying to shit on Sex in the City. I love it. I'll rewatch it anytime reruns are on. But like, admittedly, that was one of the more toxic relationships portrayed on like TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they romanticized her back and forth with him like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like even when they get engaged in the movie and Charlotte's like, she's been dating the man for 10 years. And it's like, it wasn't like 10 amazing years. It was like years of like both of you cheating on other people and like breaking up all Mm -hmm. the time and him not opening up emotionally. I don't know. It's wild. Yep. Yep. Agreed. The next example I have is from friends. So Ross and Rachel. I think that they work out like 
I think that they're good. I think they have issues, but... (laughs) I do too. I think that's one where, not to carry in big level, I was in retrospect kind of thinking like they're also both a little toxic. Like I think some Mm -hmm. of the things that Rachel does are so suspect. Like when she convinces the girl that Ross is dating to shave her head so that Ross won't be attracted. I'm like, that is straight up crazy behavior. And I think one thing that stood out for me is like the fact that they had this history from high school. It kind of made it seem to me Like they were both just romanticizing each other because they were like, again, we should be together. We have this history. Like Rachel is Ross's dream girl. And so I think whether or not they should be together, he's like, well, I've wanted to be with this person since I was like 17, 18. So we're going to make it work. Even though to me, all the signs pointed towards them not being a good fit. Right. Right. I feel like those relationships happen quite a bit. Like I feel like there's, I've seen in in real life people who have that like deep love for somebody and the other person is kind of just a wild card and they, they make it work, but I feel like it's definitely at the detriment of the person who really cares about them. Yeah. Agreed. And then it's like, there's this whole dynamic of like, is one person going to feel like they settled and that's toxic Mm -hmm. and that will lead to issues down the line, I think, because it can lead to you like harboring resentment also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely have seen that in like in my friend group or, you know, just in people I know in real life. Yeah. One thing I will say, like not to divert too much away from the game, but I do feel like for all of the situationships and all of the drama from the past, one thing I can say is like, I do feel confident that like when I do settle down, I won't be like, I never experienced anything. It'll be like, no, I have experienced it. And I feel (laughs) like I've seen the good and the bad. So I can at least be confident that I'm not like missing out on something. Right. And I feel like that's a good place to be for sure. I'm on the same page with you. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, it's funny because I like, I'm reading my notes and I wrote Dwight and Pam and I'm like, okay, that would be a wild fan fiction. But what I meant to write was Dwight and Angela. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I like them together. I think that, you know, it's like such a good example of like situationship because they're like trying to hide everything from people. Yeah. But I think that like they still just like really love each other. And I think like it just works, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're both kind of quirky in that way. Although like I think at some points it got a little toxic where one of them oh wanted more, but. It got really tough. I didn't watch the last season or however many seasons aired after Michael Scott left to be like honest. So I know they end up together and I know that she like gets pregnant with his child, but like doesn't tell him that it's his child. And I was like, that's weird. I don't know. So Mm -hmm. I do kind of like them together. I just dislike Angela so much. Like if she were a real person, (laughs) I like, she was so horrible. And so I don't know. I'm like, I feel like Dwight could do better. Like I would like to write a fan fiction where he ends up with like Pam's cousin, the one that he hooks up with at that wedding. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's her cousin or her sister, but like, yeah, I thought they were cute together, even though it was a short lived fling. They're like the same, Angela and Dwight are like the same kind of like bizarre in some ways. So I feel like it works in that way. But I also feel like it like was so toxic in the way that, like I said, like they're just hiding from each other and there's like the contract and like all this other stuff. Oh my God, the contract was crazy. And like to your point, they had multiple aspects of things that make something a situationship. Not only the hiding, but also like the affair. I was like, Andy didn't deserve that. Right. I know. Wow. What a mess. (laughs) Totally. Totally a mess. Okay. So this next one is actually a movie couple, Noah and Allie from The Notebook. Oh, yeah. I 
I think it's one of those ones where it's like so overboard, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they're at the beginning, like they're just sometimes when there's like that much, I don't know, passion for each other, <laughs> like you know, it's just gonna like not go well. <laughs> it's gonna end in flames. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But they are like idyllic for sure. They are. Like they were so in love. And I was reading something where they were saying like Noah, the way he asked out Allie by like hanging off of the Ferris wheel, they were like, that is so manipulative to be like, I'm going to kill myself if you don't go out with me. And I was like, well, damn, I never thought about that when I saw it as a (laughs) 14-year-old. And yet, even though, yes, that is horrible, toxic behavior, I can't help but like ship them. You know, I think they're so amazing. So that's a tough one. I know. Yeah. There's those things that pop up and people like analyze them. Right. And mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, I'm not watching this because I want to like really think about the deep yeah. psychology behind <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. I just, just want a love story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, totally scary. I don't know if I could date somebody that would be willing to do that. It'd be like, oh my God, what else are you going to do when we're together? Like, are you going to die? Honestly. honestly, Yeah. Like that is a pretty big red flag. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's some risks that don't need to be taken. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this last one, have you ever watched Insecure? No. Okay. I will just close by saying, I feel like I have to highly recommend it. I'm like rewatching it right now because season five is going to come out. It's so good. And just a little plug in the second season without giving anything away. One of the characters is like going through a montage of like all her online dates. And I started watching it when I was online dating for the first time, really. And I was like, this could not be more accurate and relatable. So yeah, totally fair. Um, but would highly recommend. And there are two characters that break up in season one and then it's like a will they won't they and we're gonna see in season five so i'm excited for that oh i'll have to watch it yeah i'm definitely looking for something new to watch i'm so bad i always have been mm-hmm. with tv like i think it's because i'm a therapist and i hear people talk all day that when i oh come my home God, yeah. like, i don't want any more sound so i just like sit <laughs> on the couch and just like i don't know what i do hang out with my dog so i'm definitely really bad about it That's totally fair. Have you seen that sex life show? Okay. That's one that I need to watch because I feel like there's a period where every dating podcast was talking about it. I think I started to watch an episode and I fell asleep and then I just never started it again, but not out of lack of interest. It's basically porn. (laughs) It's basically porn. Like the whole thing is porn. (laughs) Would you recommend it? I like it. Um, I do really like it. Then they're doing a season two, so I'm excited to see what happens, but um. No, I did really like it. Um, and the guy's really hot. And you get like a mm, X-rated full frontal. That's rare. Oh, you see everything. This is like late night HBO. I don't know how this is. Okay, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, really. I, I feel like I need to check it out, honestly. Like just for research purposes, you know, for the podcast, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this was so great. Thank you for coming back. It was such a great discussion. And I would love to close out with you plugging where people can find you and your podcast and anything else you want to plug. Yeah, absolutely. So I am just one half of Dope Shit My Therapist Says. And we are on Instagram at Dope SHT Therapy Pod. That's also our email, um, Dope Shit Therapy Pod at gmail.com. And we're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the things. So yeah, take a listen. We talk about mental health and self-care. 
Yeah. Cannot recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. And I will link to it in the show notes. And as always, you can find my podcast at Interstates and Heartbreak spelled out on Instagram. And you can find me at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you. I had a great time. Me too. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.